Well, it needed to happen. It has happened. I think we can all take a little heart in that news right now. Just breaking, Kevin McCarthy has announced that the impeachment inquiry indeed has begun. He is recommending an impeachment inquiry to Republicans right now. I want to share with you actually his entire sort of three-minute clip. I want, I want you to hear the whole thing because we've been sitting here you know, twiddling our thumbs saying, when is he going to do it? When is he going to do it? More and more information has come forward, and it's kind of reached the tipping point right now. I mean, how can you not launch an impeachment inquiry when so many financial records are suggesting some really sketchy stuff. I was just looking through some of them right here. And you can see, I mean, there's Burisma Holdings to Rosemont Seneca, huge amounts of money. There's an estimated $20 million that seems to have gone to various Biden subsidiaries that we know about. How can we not investigate this. The time has come. Thank you very much. Here is Kevin McCarthy. Let's listen to it, all of it. And then let's talk about what's at stake and what really went on based on the information we have thus far. Here we go. Kevin McCarthy speaking just moments ago. Welcome back, everyone. You know, the months that we were gone and the weeks House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct. Taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. Now, here's what we know so far. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the President joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his son's and his son's business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shell companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. Biden used his official office to coordinate with Hunter Biden's business partners about Hunter's role in Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company. Finally, despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration, treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. 
That's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the President would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. This effort will be led by Chairman James Comer at the Committee on Oversight in coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan for Judiciary Committee and Chairman Jason Smith on Ways and Means. Now, I do not make this decision lightly. And regardless of your party or who you voted for, these facts should concern all Americans. For sure. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale and that the federal government is not being used to cover up the actions of a politically associated family. Now, I would encourage the president and his team to fully cooperate (laughs) with this investigation in the interests of transparency. We are committed to getting the answers for the American public. Nothing more, nothing less. We will go wherever the evidence takes us. Thank you. Good. You've got to go where the evidence takes you. I mean, I'm sorry. He's a bit long winded. He takes forever to spit it out. He kind of speaks in this rhyme-like manner that is is, uh, annoying. But thank you for listening to all of that. I I wanted you to hear that. I've listened to it a couple times this morning, actually, and and there's a few things going on. One is that he's, he's alleging here that Biden lied. Certainly sounds like that. I mean, the guy may be senile, right? Maybe that's his defense, but certainly sounds like he lied over and over and over again. He said that Biden was on those calls, just as Devin Archer testified, just as we heard, right? (laughs) Just as Democrats are like, whoa, you know, it's okay to call your son at one of his client's dinners. Why wouldn't you? Well, he, he joined some 20 calls and we're just finding out about it now. So again, pointing to the lying, the lying, the cover up, the cover up, the cover up. I mean, he covers up everything. And by the way, Biden lies. He's always lied through his teeth on everything. Thank you very much. Going right back to his law school days, right? Remember, he first got kicked out of the New Hampshire primary. Nobody wanted him because he got in a kind of testy shouting match with a voter about where he graduated in law school. And he's like, I graduated top of my class. Turns out, Oh, no, he was at the very bottom of his class. So this is like a pattern, right? The guy just lies. Anyway, they found some $20 million. This is unbelievable, guys. I mean, I was showing you as we came to air here some of the bank records. This is Burisma Holdings sending to Rosemont Seneca. Burisma Holdings, of course, is that Ukrainian energy company that was really, really sketchy. Rosemont Seneca was one of the 20 different LLCs that Hunter Biden had set up with his various partners to help market his dad, because you see, they were in the business of, quote, selling Biden. Devin Archer told us that. He told the committee that. And then he did an interview. Let me see if I can find it for you. He did an interview where he reiterated the exact same thing to Tucker Carlson. Here, watch. You got to be an expert in knowing the guy. And he was the guy that was the expert in knowing the guy. He was an expert in knowing the guy. And who was the guy he knew? Uh, well, he knew a lot of people, but obviously yep. there was some familiar, you know, some, his brother, his father, uh, yep. uh, some of his, his father's siblings. So he, he knew a lot of people. And, and obviously, I know you're pointing to, you know, the father being the key relationship. Yeah, the key relationship indeed. Well, so he's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He basically was what they were selling. These various individuals, these various companies in really wild places like Kazakhstan, 
Romania, Ukraine, China, they all wanted something from America. They all wanted some kind of protection from the vice president of the United States of America. And that was that was for sale. What are they paying the vice president nowadays? I know the president gets around 400 grand. Trump didn't take it. Remember, if you get around 400 grand, I, let's let's just say the pre, the vice gets like 280. I'm making it up. I don't know the exact number. So he found a way to get a little more than whatever the 200 some on thousand dollars was that he should have been getting as salary as vice president of the United States. I always wonder why he stayed in politics all those years and yet somehow lived a pretty darn nice lifestyle considering, I mean, it wasn't just the book. Apparently it wasn't just the book. Again, these are allegations. They need to be proven out. But, you know, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, I don't know, kind of seems like a duck. I've been going through the bank records that have been released. There was a memorandum that came out August 9th, 2023. This is the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. And they published all of these bank records. Now, I, as a journalist, have a background in tracking a lot of bank records. In fact, some of the the biggest, most successful work I did included documentaries and reports that I won numerous awards for into terrorist financing. And it it, it looked and examined. I spent about a year looking through bank records, getting my hands on bank records. So I know how to look through these things. This is, in my estimation, and I have not seen them all, very indicative of what you might see in a money laundering scheme. And indeed, that's the conclusion of James Comer, who's looking through this and has a former background in bank in banking. I mean, one of the things that really sticks out to him, there's so much, there's so much we have to talk about. But one of the things that has stuck out to him is how on earth Hunter Biden and all his companies got 170 SARS violations. That would be suspicious activity reports. So banks are required to, quote, know thy customer. And it's why, you know, sometimes you get these annoying phone calls. I've gotten one or two from my bank. And they just want to make sure you are who you are. And if you've got money coming in from overseas, from foreign places, then they really want to make sure they know who you are. Because they want to ensure that there's no funny business going on. And that you are reporting your income and therefore paying your taxes. And by the way, that you're not out there lobbying for a foreign organization, which is exactly what Hunter Biden was indeed doing. He never registered as a foreign lobbyist, and yet all this money coming into his banks, they're coming from China, they're coming from uh, Moscow, they're coming from Ukraine. All of this money is foreign sourced, and he's not actually declaring it, one, for his taxes, or even bothering to register with the federal government as a foreign lobbying agent. By the way, Tom Barrick, Out in L.A., I've told you guys about him. Very, very, very big Trump supporter. Uber successful guy. Billionaire. Doesn't need the money. Trust me. I know the guy. I've interviewed him multiple times. Tom Barrick did not need any extra oomph, you know, to collect a couple million here or a couple million there or 20,000 here or 20,000 there. He didn't need it. And they sent him to jail saying that he was a foreign lobbyist who was not properly registered. That's the Biden administration. Thank you very much. So I'm telling you, Hunter Biden is well on his way to jail. Absolutely should be on his way to jail. And the other guy that might want to accompany him would be Pops. Let's get into it a little bit more. So again, going through these records, just outrageous stuff. $20 million. They set up 20 LLCs as soon as Joe Biden became vice president. And there's more. There's more. There is a text, for example. Let me read it to you. 
If I have it, I'll show it to you, but I do have it here on my phone. There was a text that Hunter Biden sent to his daughter, Naomi. And in this particular text, he references none other than all the money that Pops takes. He's talking to his daughter and he's kind of annoyed because he's not getting the right respect he thinks he deserves as a parent. He said, (laughs) I love all of you. But I don't receive any respect, and that's fine, I guess. Works for you, apparently. I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard. But don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Wow. Okay, so there's that one, right? And then there's that kind of infamous text Remember that when he's at Pop's house, he's hanging out at the Delaware Beach thing and he's trying to shake people down for money because clearly this is like some kind of mafioso ring. I want to read this one to you. Hang on one second. We're going to pull it up. And here we go. No, not yet. Okay, so there's a text. Here we go. This text reads, sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. He's talking to somebody over in China. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight and Z. He's talking to Z. That would be Zhang. If I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, that would be his dad. He just said, sitting here with my father. The man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my directions. Okay. You got that? You got that? Like that, that, that seems like a pretty direct order. And it also seems like his dad's kind of involved. You combine that with all the phone calls that the dad was making, no matter what the left tries to say, oh, you know, we're going to spin it this way or that. You combine that with then the cover-up. I'm going to get to the cover-up in just a second. But before I do, let's get back to these financial records. Take a look here. Okay, so here's an example. You have... So much money, in this case, $3.5 million being wired from Yelena Batarina, who's apparently the wife of some big deal politician in Moscow, on February 14th, 2014. Happy Valentine's Day. And then that money gets wired again into uh, Seneca Bohai. So there's big, big, big sums. Here's another one where you have the money being transferred there from Rosemont Seneca Thornton and the subsequent movement it made into Rosemont Seneca Bohai. These were all accounts owned by Hunter. And Representative Comer, he said it well because you know what? Treasury picked up on this. Banks were picking up on this. They they knew this was odd and they said something. And here is Comer trying to explain it. D- d- does a very good job. How bizarre this is to have 170 of these things. He's on Ted Cruz's podcast. If you watch the show, you've seen me play this before, but I just think it's really important to comprehend, understand. 170 stars, like that is not normal. It would be a huge deal if you got one. And he tells us why. Two over the course of, of 10 years. And, and how many were, were issued concerning Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the Biden family? Over 170. They were, they were direct. Wait, you were on a bank and they issued two in, in 10 how many years? years? If, you issue, if you had two SARS, they're called SARS in, in the banking industry. If you had two SARS against you, it would be hard for you to open an account somewhere. There wouldn't be any bank that would want to uh, have you as a customer because it's not worth the paperwork. Remember, when the bank files one of these, you can understand this, appreciate this, Senator. 
That's inviting the regulators to come in and regulate. Okay, that's the last thing the banks So, want. 170 get filed. That means that somebody's getting a deposit in their account. It's a big amount. It's from somewhere suspicious. I mean, what triggers it? Why? Uh, You're a banker. Uh, what is it that makes you say, we got to file, file a SAR? A large transaction that comes out of the blue. So and what's had, large? So what, what is there a well, threshold? You had, you had a million, I'll use the Robinson Walker account because we subpoena, that was the first bank okay. account we subpoenaed. Now who's Robinson Walker? Rob Walker was one of the associates that they used to uh, funnel money from China and then in Romania and then down and launder it down to the Biden. So he's a... Okay. So he's kind of, uh, well, it wasn't really a he, it was an account, like Rosemont Seneca. They called it Robinson Walker. So they're, they're doing all kinds of things, right? They're moving it from one company to another company to another company in hopes that uh, maybe nobody will notice. Well, somebody noticed. I mean, the banks did notice. That's why they sent the 170 suspicious activity reports onto Treasury. And as James Comer explained, they don't even want to have to do that. So the fact that they did that is pretty significant. So don't you think in a normal world, the U.S. Treasury Department says, hey, 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 knock, 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 Mr. Biden, Mr. Vice President of the United States, we seem to have a little bit of an issue with your son. There's a whole lot of suspicious activity reports, but nope, that doesn't happen. There is some talk and some chatter that Obama was aware of some of this and wasn't too pleased about it. Of course, that's what they're going to have to go with, right, if Michelle wins. Well, we can talk about that in a little bit. But this is not this is not, not good. Okay, just a few other things along the way. What did he do with this money? It, it, Joe Biden himself is like, hey, if there was all this money, where'd it go? Where's the money? Ha, ha, ha. And he's like, it's all a bunch of malarkey. It's all a bunch of malarkey. Really? Because I'm looking at these bank records and I do see $20 million going back and forth. Apparently, you may say, where's the money? I guess your son had some pretty crazy spending habits, did he not? These spending habits have been articulated by NBC News, who pointed out that he made $11 million just from Ukraine between 2014, and I believe it was twenty no 2013 and 2018, and he spent it really, really, really fast. Well, there's a, a report on CBS News that came out recently, and um, it's morning television stuff pretty wild. He, he, had a, he had a thing for the dark side, shall we say, in life, and that's where a lot of the money went, and that's going to land him in even more trouble, which I'm going to get to. Harry Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses, prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million. The <laughs> I, like how, I like how the reporter's like, how much did he owe in taxes? You know, when they're giving you the, the sex clubs and the prostitutes. I, I mean, I just, I can't believe this. Like, I, I just I am astonished and horrified and I think we're going to have to sort of like brace ourselves and, and our stomachs for what's about to come. But this is serious because the other thing that has recently come up that James Comer is now demanding is a list of all the women that were sort of, uh, how's a nice way to say it, on speed dial for Hunter Biden. All these women that 
he gave this money to for uh well you can you can put one on you can put two and two together so these women apparently had, had crossed state lines to do business which would with hunter which would be a violation of what's known as the man act m a n n which doesn't allow prostitution across state lines this is actually what they got Giselle Maxwell on remember Jeffrey Epstein's lady friend, the madam, so to speak. Well, they got her on this man act, M-A-N-N. So once they get the list of women, which they're now arguing, both Marjorie Taylor Greene as well as James Gomer have said, look, these women may be in need of federal protection, etc. They are victims themselves. Once that comes forward, if you've got victims there now and you've got this interstate ring effectively that's going on to service Hunter Biden's needs, well, you're talking about some mega trouble, like major, major trouble. That's separate, of course, from Pops. Pops, who had to have known. I mean, you got that text that surfaced on the Hunter Biden laptop that they never wanted us to actually believe was real to Naomi, his daughter, Hunter, telling her, at least, you know, I'm not going to be like Pop and take 50% of all your earnings. You've got that text I just showed you, which kind of feels like a bit of a smoking gun, saying, hey, Z, I'm right here with my dad. And you better pay up or else. And then you've got all the evidence of Joe Biden calling into all these various meetings. On top of that, on top of that, I mean, he does say this. This is what I went, meant to show you a little bit earlier. Humor me because I just, I'm astonished at the brazenness of the president of the United States. Here we go. He's like, how, how could he have done anything illegal? Because there's no money to show for it. Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, 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 bunch of malarkey. Mr. President, what do you Yeah. Bunch of malarkey, right. Well, he spent the money on his various needs. And, and these guys, they just keep lying to us. And they just lie over and over and over again. You know, it's kind of like when the cocaine was found at the White House and they told us that they had no cameras. They couldn't see anything. They couldn't figure out how the heck this cocaine could have gotten into the White House. And yet we then learned, well, Hunter Biden was staying at the White House. I mean, that might have been kind of relevant at the time. Just saying. I mean, because again, you know, one plus one is usually two. And that might have helped reporters, but they never revealed that information. Apparently he was hiding out. He had just, you see, struck that little plea deal, that little sweetheart deal with the Department of Justice and David Weiss was going to make all this stuff go away until he couldn't because one smart judge said, you know, that's not going to fly. And so now this indictment is on the way. This indictment before the end of the month. And I'm just glad that we're going to have both the impeachment inquiry along with that indictment because I don't have a lot of faith in David Weiss. He's either entirely incompetent or dare I say, you know, somehow in on it and wants to protect Hunter Biden. I hope that's not the case. And I hope it's just pure incompetency because I'll tell you, he should have gotten his hands on that FD 1023 like Chuck Grassley did. The FD 1023. Let's go to that for a minute. So this was an interview that our own FBI did with a source that was considered highly credible, had worked for the Obama administration for years, is a human, highly credible source. And they had interviewed this source about Hunter Biden. And what they learned was that 
This source had had conversations with the CEO of Burisma and the CFO of Burisma. And this source told the FBI that both the CEO and the CFO of Burisma Holdings told the source that Joe and Hunter were paid some $5 million for their quote-unquote protection. And that there are, quote, 17 tapes in which they've got all of this back and forth happening. Okay, you really know it's a live show. Because <laughs> here we are in the dark. What was that? Did anybody see that, guys? Hope I'm still up here live with you. Let me know in the comments. What do you think? Steven, I'm counting on you. Mike, I'm counting on you. Did you see the, the whole screen go down there for a second? Anyway, hopefully, hopefully we are still live. Um, I'll wait. I'll wait to hear from you. <laughs> anyway, so... As we were saying, this FD-23 basically is alleging that the CEO of Burisma or somebody over there has 17 tapes in which Joe Biden is somehow involved, Hunter Biden is involved, and they're negotiating, if you would, how much money they're going to get for this protection. And what's crazy to me is that we've already seen various articles. They came out in 2019 in both the New York Times and the L.A. Times, in which reporters were somehow justifying this. They're saying, oh, it's not unusual for Eastern European countries to hire family members of American bigwigs politically so that they can get some protection. I'm like, what? Like, really? Because if that's the case, Americans need to know about that. I don't think that that's normal. I would think you'd kind of have a church and state thing going on. Remember when we were like, what the heck is Bill Clinton doing with his CGI nonsense while Hillary Clinton is Secretary of State, right? Doesn't sit right, doesn't feel right, doesn't seem really quite good. So many of you are alleging that this is in fact bribery. I mean, this is what it sounds like for sure, but it's like really, really scummy, scummy bribery. Again, going back to the memorandum that came out August 9th by the Committee of Oversight and Accountability, the third bank records memorandum from the Oversight Committee's investigation into the Biden family's influence peddling and business schemes. So basically, they found out that there were all these various banks. I mean, the first memorandum had to do with the Robinson Walker LLC account that you heard Coma reference there. The second bank records had to do with the Biden business dealings in Romania, and then additional information regarding their partnership with Chinese entities closely tied to the CCP. And then the third bank records memorandum, of which I've shown you a few things, this serves to inform members of the Biden's family relationships with certain foreign entities and individuals in Russia, in Ukraine, and in Kazakhstan. Like, how does this happen? How does Hunter Biden, who's a total screw-up and a drug addict and other kinds of addicts as well. <laughs> we'll leave that aside. How does he suddenly get all this business with all these overseas ventures to which he can make some $20 million that we know about? That's what we know about, guys. Think about that. That's why this impeachment inquiry needs to happen. You know, Kevin McCarthy waited on this. And I think we've all been sitting here like scratching our heads. Why is he waiting? Why is he waiting? I credit Comer. I credit Jim Jordan for going out there and getting all the information that they have thus far. They'll be able to get more. But part of the reason for that, it's my understanding that there's a couple of holdouts. Like you kind of want to have some unanimous 
support, right, before you go into an impeachment inquiry, because it probably means you're going to have an impeachment vote. You don't necessarily need one, by the way. That's a misnomer. You can actually just push it forward to the Senate where you would have the impeachment trial. And then it would be decided there. We've seen that, of course, recently. But anyway, they they, they kind of lingered on this one. And it's because of a couple of people. Let me see if I can pull their names. You have a couple of House members that were not really into this, and I kind of wonder why. But there's two of them, one out of Colorado, for example, one more Republican that just said, well, you know, we don't, we don't really like this. Maybe they don't like the idea of impeachment in general because impeachment kind of feels third world-esque. But, hey, guys, you know what? That train has left the station it left a long time ago. It left on the second impeachment of Donald Trump. It left on the, the, the dossier and the FBI's willingness to actually to actually wiretap the campaign. I mean, that's when the train left the station. So I, I wouldn't fret about that. I think the most important thing at this point in time is to make sure that everybody's on the up and up. And if we have to send a message, thank you very much, I'm willing to do that. We should all be willing to do that. Because this kind of stuff is unacceptable. Truly, 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 truly unacceptable. You know, Victor Shokin, he's the prosecutor, do not forget, that got fired. Courtesy of Joe Biden, who told the Ukrainians, you know what? I'm not going to give you that billion dollars in financing and in aid because you're still employing Victor Shokin. And my sources tell me he's corrupt. Well, his sources were none other than Hunter's employers. This is so beyond messed up. And so Victor Shokin, he's like, wait a second, there's a reason I was fired. And it had everything to do with Hunter and Joe. Watch. Was to cover up a $6 million bribe that he, that he gave. Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, do you believe uh, they, they were up to no good. Were they up to doing something corrupt with Burisma? Was the company of Burisma corrupt, as been alleged, and which since has been disbanded? I have no doubt that there were illegal activities engaged in by uh, Burisma. As a matter of fact, the criminal case had been started before me. It continued to expand. And Zlochevsky, who at the time held the post of minister and was the founder and CEO of uh, Burisma, started bringing in people who could provide protection for him. Hunter Biden was uh, among them. And the corruption network expanded as a result. So, yes, to answer your question, there, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Burisma was engaged in illegal activities. Devin Archer said you were a threat to Burisma. Do you agree? Yes. Yes, I agree. Why? Because you were going to find out what they were up to? Because he understood, and so did Vice President Biden, that had I continued to oversee the Burisma investigation, we would have found the facts about the corrupt activities that they were engaging in that included both Hunter Biden and Devin Archer and others. What corrupt activities did you suspect they were engaged in? It would take half a day for me to discuss every single count, but uh, I can say that Burisma illegally produced, sold, and utilized gas. Flochevsky, the founder of Burisma, 
recently made a plea deal with the prosecution in a case where he was accused of giving a $6 million bribe, which is the kind of money that you don't just give away if um, you're not really engaging in anything illegal. So his uh, plea deal was to cover up a $6 million bribe that that he gave earlier. Wow. Okay. So that was really very interesting interview. I'm glad that we had it in English. That's courtesy of Fox and, and Brian Kilmeade. I had been playing it for you in Russian and translating. So it's nice to have it in English. But he did come out earlier in August. This would be Victor Shokin, the former prosecutor, just to kind of try and clear his name. And he's like, look, I really think that these two things are related. The reason I was fired was because Burisma was paying Hunter Biden to make sure that I was fired. And as Devin Archer told us, the guy who knows the guy, right? Hunter Biden mingling with the crowd as a guest of his father and Jill Biden, the first lady as well. There, You see, he's the guy who knows the guy who's still hanging out at state dinners. I just played you a little clip there. That was Hunter Biden the day he got his plea agreement done at a state dinner with the prime minister of India. I mean, give me a break. And do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, he was traveling on planes with his father all over the world when his father was vice president. That's troubling. Troubling. So his dad goes over there for a meeting and Hunter tags along on the same plane that you and I are paying for, U.S. taxpayer dollars, so that what, he can strike a deal? strike a deal and, and make some, some more money for the pot of which he's going to have to give dad 50%. Meanwhile, oh, it gets, there's so much here. I mean, this is why we have to have an impeachment inquiry. We need justice. We need to know what the heck was going down the National Archives, okay? How do you like this? National Archives finally getting back here to uh, the group that had requested some information about those, uh, well, various emails that Mr. Biden, that would be senior Joe, went by. So I'm looking at uh, the, the response that the National Archives gave to the South Southeastern Legal Foundation that's looking for this information. They had filed a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act. And it turns out there's like over 5,100 email messages. He used all these different weird names, Robert L. Peterson, Robert L. Ware. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So he's got indeed also some kind of weird secret server. We've been trying to track down where that secret server, like you can't find, some of them are going to PCI.gov. I assume that's just personal something information.gov that really doesn't seem to exist but national archives will have it so again this is something else that needs to come out in the impeachment inquiry because i think you got a lot of evidence there for a lot of trouble and nobody wants this coming out especially at a time when you're about to get 24 billion dollars for ukraine Biden's out there asking Congress for $40 billion to support Ukraine and also to deal with some of these disaster relief efforts. I should point out, it's only $12 million that would go to any disaster issues. It's 24, 12 times 2, that would go to Ukraine. I mean, this is an insane amount of money. We're talking about $135 billion that is expected to be spent this year. It means that we would be basically outpacing what we spent in Afghanistan over a 20-year time period. Like, how does that make sense? I mean, I've, I've said this is like one giant money pit. 
And then there's Tony Blinken, whiz bang, Secretary of State. This guy is, you know, McCain was on to him. Here he is saying, oh, we're, we're still committed. He is so boring. I mean, this is worse than McCarthy. I'm, 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 I'm giving you full warning here, but stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, because you have to hear it. We'll discuss it. Of Ukraine on anti-corruption efforts and on efforts to ensure accountability and full transparency of all the assistance we're providing, as well as the security of U.S.-provided defense articles and technologies. <laughs> okay. Uh, that wasn't all of it, so I'm going to torture you a little bit more. For Ukraine not only to survive, but to thrive, we're also supporting its efforts to rebuild from Russia's aggression. Uh, at the Ukraine Recovery Conference held in London a few months ago, I pledged that the United States would invest more than $520 million in making Ukraine's energy infrastructure, more than half of which has been destroyed by Russia, cleaner, more resilient, and more integrated with Europe. We're making new investments to enhance the transparency of Ukraine's institutions and to bolster the rule of law so that Ukraine's democracy is even more responsive to the needs of its people and can attract the private capital needed to rebuild. We're engaged in assisting the government of Ukraine on anti-corruption efforts and on efforts to ensure accountability and full transparency of all the assistance we're providing, as well as the security of U.S.-provided defense articles. Blah, blah, blah. So in other words, he's going to do everything in his power to just make sure that this goes on and on and on, and we spend as much as we can possibly humanly ever spend. I mean, this is troubling. You know, as I said, you know, regardless of what you think about John McCain, he had his moments, some really good ones, and this is one of them, ladies and gentlemen. He stood up there and spoke out aggressively against Tony Blinken because he said, basically, the guy's a freaking idiot that's going to get Americans killed. Let's play it, if I can. Madam President, I rise to discuss in a, my opposition to the pending uh, vote concerning Mr. Anthony Tony Blinken, who is not only unqualified, but in fact, in my view, uh, one of the worst uh, selections that of a very bad lot that this president has chosen. I hope that many of my colleagues will understand that not often do I come to the floor to oppose a nomination of the president of the United States because I believe that elections have consequences. In this case, this individual has actually been dangerous to America and to the young men and women who are fighting and serving it. Let's just review a couple of some of the elements in particular and Mr. Blinken's role in conceptualizing and furthering it. U.S. foreign policy is in a shambles. It's at best a strategic and at worst anti-strategic. I'll move on to Afghanistan. Mr. Uh, <coughs> Blinken said, quote, we've been very clear. We've been consistent. The war will be concluded by the end of 2014. We have a timetable, and that timetable will not change. This is why I'm so worried about him being in the position that he's in. Because we, if they stick to that timetable, I am telling my colleagues that we will see the replay of Iraq all over again. We must... So... John McCain had a lot of foresight, and he did not like the character of our current Secretary of State. He thought he was absolutely wrong on a multitude of issues. He actually points out in this same speech 
that, in fact, Tony Blinken was uh, so wrong. And as a policy advisor, international foreign policy advisor to Joe Biden for so long, that was more problematic because he even quotes Robert Gates in this case saying Joe Biden's been wrong on every foreign policy issue like ever. So now the guy that was advising Biden on all his foreign policy, now he's in charge of our foreign policy and he's like, okay, we need more money, more money, more money. And it's coming at a time. I want you to link the dots here, guys. It's coming at a time. We need more money for Ukraine. We're now learning that Ukraine had Biden and his son on speed dial. So I'm not suggesting anything, but I'm asking the question, do you think it's a little bit odd, a little bit weird that we're spending the most money that we've spent anywhere in the last year on a war? That's even with inflation, okay? I know inflation's bad. We'll talk about that later. Even with inflation, we are spending the most we have ever spent. And it's in a country that really seems to uh, have had some interesting relationships and financial relationships with none other than Joe Biden. And so that's something that, frankly, we can't just bury our head in the sand about. I mean, it's come up recently. For example, Corinne Jean-Pierre, this would be the spokesperson there over at the White House, she was asked the question, well, can you assure us that there's nothing going on that would compromise the president in any way, shape, or form, any pre-existing relationships or monetary relationships, et cetera, that might compromise? And she basically couldn't answer that question. It's like, wow, you, you can't even, well, I guess you're being honest on that one. She couldn't even answer that question. Think about how troubling that is. And I'll tell you, the press is cluing into all of it. There's a woman, let me see if I can find this for you, that they sort of glommed onto because there's a woman who's like a real estate person out on the West Coast, and she apparently bought some of Hunter Biden's art. Very subjective, clearly. I mean, that's, that's a winner. Because if you want to actually buy influence with the Biden administration, you buy Hunter's art, I guess. And, and nobody can tell you what it's worth or not worth. Anyway, so Elizabeth Naftali, I think is her name. And she went forward and she bought this art. And then all of a sudden, she's in and out of the White House every day. There's some 12 recorded visits between Elizabeth Natali and various Biden, Biden personnel. And the next thing you know, she gets some plum gig where she's working to restore America's reputation and whatever overseas. And this was just a little bit weird. And even the mainstream media can't ignore this. They can't ignore this because, again, it speaks to the question of whether or not there is still access available for sale. Here is Karine Jean-Pierre. Uh, Elizabeth Naftali. She's made more than a dozen visits here to the White House uh, and met with some of the president's uh, most senior advisors. Can you tell us a little bit more about those visits, why she was here? I would have to look into that. I've not, I've not been tracking the, these visits that you're uh, mentioning to me. Uh, where, uh, where this was discovered, 
Uh, and this is the uh, heavily cocaine update in the White House. White House uh, West Wing, I should be even more specific, uh, West Wing visitors. Uh, Another example of a lie that area. they brought us. I don't want to jump happened. around too much for you guys, but in other words, Elizabeth Naftali, that's going to become an issue there for the mainstream media that's just asking these questions, and they have every right to ask these questions because, look, it could be perfectly innocent. I hope it is. I hope that she loved Hunter Biden's art and said, my gosh, I just have to have that on my walls. And I hope that she has a genuine friendship with the president of the United States. And he really admires her and thinks that she would do wonderful, a wonderful job overseas. And that's how that all came about. But obviously, given everything else we have since learned, there's a whole bunch of stuff in question right now. And it's going to continue to be questioned until we get to the bottom of it. And I actually think, yes, Hunter's going to jail and he's probably going to go to jail on those man act charges. I know, I know, I know you guys are like all frustrated. You're like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because this place is so corrupt. And yeah, I get it. It feels really corrupt, but here's the good news thus far. It's coming forward. Like Chuck Grassley got his hands on the FD 1023 and James Comer got his hands on the Treasury Department's records and all these bank records. And we're going to get more. They're going to have to come forward with this. <coughs> We've learned all kinds of stuff because of a few stand-up people like those two whistleblowers that are willing to say, hey, you know, something's not right here. The fact that so many people and the judge as well, the judge who said, I'm not going to sign off this. This is, this, is, this is even legal to sign off on this sweetheart plea agreement deal. Thanks to these people, we're actually starting to see an opportunity for justice. I mean, I, I just I, I take heart in that. And you know me, I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist. I've always been an optimist and I tend to see things as half full. And I don't think I can just sort of exist thinking it's all rigged. I mean, sure, it is rigged, but there is an indictment coming. And we, as the people, as the citizens of the United States, as we need to hold these guys account. I can't promise that the media will. I mean, look, I've been part of the media. And there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of corporate interest. And I got to say, it's awfully nice to be over here with all of you. If you have not subscribed, do me the favor. Make sure you do subscribe. I'm on Facebook Live. I'm on YouTube Live. We send out clips every day. You can make comments. You can weigh in sort of in the comments and live reaction right here or after the fact. But it is important and it is very helpful. So make sure you subscribe. But this is a very different kind of medium. And I think it's an opportunity for all of us to hold these guys accountable. And we have to continue harping on this stuff. And again, it's why you need to subscribe and share and share and share and share because I can't guarantee how easy it will be, shall we say, this is my nice way of saying it, to always get the word out. Don't forget what happened to the New York Post. Don't forget what happened to so many journalists who were told this is nothing but misinformation. I mean, the Hunter Biden laptop, for goodness sakes, which wasn't information. But, you know, you could run with that dossier thing all day long, which was so obviously misinformation. I mean, as soon as I saw the thing, as soon as I read it, I'm like, well, this is not an intelligence document. Thank you very much. And yet these idiots on TV are like spinning some crazy conspiracy theory. They never had any problem doing that. So you see, it's a little bit one sided. So, yeah, 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a big call to make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. It's really important. You can get it on Apple Podcasts as well. It's all free. I'm here every single day, Monday through Friday. And boy, do we have a news cycle. So headline today, bad day for Joe Biden, because indeed he will be looking at an impeachment inquiry. And we're going to learn a whole lot more than just what we found in this memorandum. And we're going to learn a lot more about his son, stuff we don't want to learn, but we need to learn because you know what? This is still the United States of America. And you don't get $20 million for your family while you're vice president. You're supposed to save that to after, buddy, right? Like when you leave office and you do your speaking tour and people pay you zillions of dollars like they do to Barack Obama to go and speak, Like, we want to hear him anymore. Scary enough, we might have to hear him some more because I told you, Michelle's looking at 2024. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I played the sound for you guys the other day. This is the guy who wrote the bio on her who's like, look, hey, any which way you slice it, when you add up everything that she's doing right now, it's like a total recipe for a campaign. For all you know. For all you know, they're like psyched that all this stuff is coming out on Hunter and Joe Biden because that just makes it that much easier to slip in, right? I don't know what Kamala's going to think of this. Thank you very much. But um, here, here's the, the biographer who said this. I want you to see it. Uh, the allegations uh, that have come out in the media in the last few weeks really were around for years. David Garrow's book that had the quote where Obama said he makes love to men in his imagination came out several years ago. And, of course, Larry Sinclair was uh, from way back in 2008. So the fact that these are coming to the surface tells you that uh, I think there's something going on in Obama world. And I make the case that I believe that Joe Biden is on his way out. I think that's pretty much the consensus. Nobody really believes he'll be the candidate in 2024 because of health, because of corruption, because of his terrible record. And I make the case in my film and book that Michelle has been pretty much copying Barack Obama's path to the White House. Barack had a voter registration organization in Chicago called Project Vote before he ran for president. Michelle founded something called When We All Vote that's supported by the Soros Group for 26 million bucks. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. And now we're getting into Soros and, and it feels really unfair, right? So I have a few things to say about this. Some of you have heard this before. I think she's probably the most unlikable candidate in the world besides Hillary Clinton. But the difference between her and Hillary Clinton is that she's super organized. I don't even think it's her. I think her husband is super organized. I think he's put in place a good team, that whole voting effort, right, that, that the biography just biographer just mentioned. This is in part how Obama was able to win because he just had a well-oiled machine. And it was get out the vote, get out the vote, get out the vote. And mail in the vote, mail in the vote, mail in the vote, whatever you, whatever you need to do, right? And I think that she's probably carrying on in his footsteps. So on the one hand, she is exactly who Donald Trump should want. Extremely unlikable, just kind of gets on people's nerves. They don't think that she likes them. They don't think that she likes our country. They don't think that she has anything in common with them. And she is probably, again, about as disastrous a person as you could possibly put forward, except for the fact that she's got the organizational chops thanks to her husband. And so we probably can't count her out. I would sort of welcome it if I were Donald Trump, but I'd make darn sure that my team was super organized and was dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's and making sure that they were doing everything possible to ensure 
that those who do not want Michelle Obama, should she be the one that runs or don't want Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom, whoever it may be, that they are out there voting on Election Day. And even if something crazy happens and it's harder to get to the polls, what is the what is the plan B? Again, these things need to be in place because Republicans can't just take their ball and go home. You need to be smarter. You need to have sharper elbows and you need to be more agile on all of this stuff. They're doing the groundwork. They're gathering the data. They are targeting the voters. So two can play that game. And I suspect Trump, if he puts the right People in there can play it very, very well. Let's go to some of the polls. I mean, this is tremendous. When you look at the polling data, it is very clear. America does not want Joe Biden. And this is what is freaking out so many Democrats. Here's the latest Wall Street Journal poll. Guess what you hear over and over and over again, both from the CNN one and from the Wall Street Journal one. You hear that Joe Biden's too old. He's too old to run for president. They don't think he's mentally able to do the job. They... Don't think he has a vision for the future. Well, we know he doesn't have a vision for the future. We know none of his team members have any kind of vision for the future. Did you hear Jennifer Granholm? This woman is our Secretary of Energy. By the way, oil prices up again today. OPEC says demand's going to be high. They actually are increasing their demand expectations. And guess what? Oil's going to cost you more. You're going to pay more at the gas pump. Jennifer Granholm, when she first came in, this is wild, she had no energy plan. They still have no energy plan, for goodness sakes. Here she is on Bloomberg laughing about the fact that how dare anybody even ask her if she should have an energy plan. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? (laughs) Funny. (laughs) That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC. And and blah, blah, blah. You're just going to blame OPEC. You know what? Yes, your really simple question, Jennifer. Really simple. What is the grand home plan to increase energy production in the U.S.? And you laughed. You laughed. Because you and the guy you work for have no plan. And you see, this is what Americans have figured out. He sat home through the entire election, pretended he was a nice guy in his basement. He had no policy ideas. I mean, maybe he had ideas on how much money he could make via Hunter all over the world, but he had no substantive policy ideas. And now we are paying the price. And we got Tony Blinken calling shots that John McCain warned us about over there in Ukraine. We've got a border situation that is out of control to the point where even the New York City mayor, Eric Adams, is like, you know what, enough. New York is done as we know it. Heck, even the ladies on The View are starting to agree. I mean, that, that's how messed up it is. It may just be that they also are realizing this is not polling so well because you know what? A country needs borders. A country wants borders. And then today we got this news. We learned that the president and Tony Blinken, that crackerjack secretary of state, did a deal with Iran And they swapped prisoners with Iran, five U.S. prisoners for five Iranian prisoners and $6 billion. 
$6. Wow. They gave Iran $6 billion. Now they say, oh, we didn't really give it to them. We didn't give it to them because you know what? It was theirs rightfully. They deserve to have it because, you know, if it hadn't been for all those sanctions because of all the illegal stuff that they do, which would include being the largest sponsor of state terrorism in the world, you know, if they didn't do all that stuff, we wouldn't have to be sanctioning them. We sanction them, you see, for a reason. That's why they don't have access to that $6 billion. And yet, as of some 24 hours ago, we gave it to them. So they get their people and $6 billion. Why? I mean, I thought that we didn't do those kind of deals. Like, didn't we not pay for hostages ever? I mean, you can argue whether that's right or wrong, but it's been our policy for a long time. And yet Tony Blinken and Joe Biden just changed it. Donald Trump had a few things to say about that, even asking suggesting whether or not Joe Biden was taking a kickback on the $6 billion sent to Iran. I will read to you from Truth Social, Donald Trump's response to this prisoner swap. So let's get this straight. We did a hostage trade with Iran. We gave them five very tough, smart people that they desperately wanted. We likewise got back five people. But, he writes in all caps, we also gave them $6 billion, exclamation point, all caps. Then he goes on. How much of a kickback does crooked Joe Biden get? So, okay, in fairness, there's no evidence of that. But you understand why he's asking this question, given everything else, right, that's been going on. I'll continue. Does anyone realize how much $6 billion is? And then he says, when I was president, I got back 58 hostages for zero money. Remember Pastor Brunson? It sets a terrible precedent. Republicans call out the 25th Amendment. Now Biden is incompetent. I don't know if this was Biden. Biden's incompetent. We know he's incompetent. For goodness sakes, just look at him over there at Vietnam. I'll show you guys that in a second. We know he's incompetent. But in this case, you get a State Department that clearly is incompetent or is trying to do something that's kind of funky here because they didn't just give people, they gave six billion dollars. In other words, Iran has been sanctioned for a reason. Why are we changing that? Why are we changing the rules that we've always put forward? A lot of people are very worried that this encourages other nations, other rogue nations to go and take Americans because, hey, maybe you'll get six billion dollars too. (sighs) The president of the United States, he is struggling. He does have health issues. We have seen him fall multiple times Anybody that's lived with anybody that has dementia can tell you the falling is one of the first signs. The confusion, which keeps coming up over and over again, these are all signs. And instead of actually doing the right thing and helping this man, what does his team do? They send him on a giant world tour. They don't let him sleep. He actually said in Hanoi, I want to go get some sleep. And then they they feed him some really dumb lines, unless this is just one of his own beauties. Remember, he's in Hanoi in Vietnam, where, you know what, like people in Vietnam, they're not psyched that we were over there and that we had a war and that we killed a lot of people. You know, we, 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 we all have memories. 
And it's probably not the most appropriate thing to maybe talk about an American movie that you love that is about that very war, right? Like that's your first thing that you say to people. You know this one. Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. (laughs) Yeah. So that was what he referenced. Here, I'm going to play the clip. It is evening, isn't it? It is evening, isn't it? It's around the world in five days is interesting. Around the world in five days is interesting. Well, uh, you know, there's that one of my staff members said, remember the famous song, you know, Good Morning Vietnam? Okay. Good evening, Vietnam. One of his staff members was talking about Good Morning Vietnam. And he said, uh, well, good, good evening, Vietnam. <laughs> and then he goes on at some point. He does say, I got to go to bed. He does wander out of the shot as well. I mean, this is, this is, this is too much. Okay. Americans know it. So yeah, they're going to have to run someone else. They can't run this guy. He's not competent. He's not healthy. But right now he's got more important things to consider. I think he's going to have to face a real impeachment trial. I think his son is going to get prison time. And I'm going to say, what was it all worth, really? So you could make a little money and blow it on your really bad habits, Hunter? Tough stuff. I mentioned OPEC. Oil prices are expected to move higher. We're looking at a market that's a little bit down today at last check. Just to bring you up on some of the economic news, don't believe Joe Biden when he says Bidenomics is working. That is a talking point that is entirely false. Don't believe him when he says inflation is falling because guess what? It's not. It's not falling. In fact, if you look at it on an apples to apples basis, you'll see that it's up about 16% since Mr. Biden came to office. Crude oil trading up. This would be in the futures market right now to 0.29%, a barrel. So yeah, I mean, oil is going to be one of those things that, well, it affects gas prices, obviously, as you know, that really starts to hurt the economy in a time when we're trying to get better. I'm not so certain we're going to be able to pull out of this quite as smoothly as the Federal Reserve would like to think that we can. It's one of the reasons why I do encourage people to take a look at one of our advertisers on the show, Legacy PM Investments, LegacyPMInvestments.com. If you're interested in investing in gold or silver, you can actually do it right there on the site or call them. They're really, really helpful. They'll walk you through it. They're not aggressive on their sales tactic. And so many of you have already met Charles, who's been on the program in the past. He's the head of the company. 1-866-589-0560. Again, the number is 1-866-589-0560. We're spending a lot of money, right? This trajectory is not good. $135 billion this year in Ukraine alone and still counting. You know the debt levels. Not sustainable. I mean, I don't know where this money is coming from, and yet they're going to do even more, including depleted uranium rounds that they're now going to send to Ukraine. Very expensive stuff that kills a whole lot of people. So it's, it's kind of a sad, sad, sad place for us to be in, and yet here we are. So at least the, the good news of the day is that maybe, maybe justice will be done. One other story I want to get to for you right now. The president, former president of the United States, is actually demanding a new judge in his federal case. This would be for the allegations and the indictment coming via Jack Smith, who says basically, you know, he was spreading, I guess, I guess you'd be false information. <laughs> you know, saying things, that the, the allegation is somehow that maybe he knew the election was one that he didn't win, and yet he perpetuated all this stuff anyway. I would just say, look, if you're going to get every politician for lying, 
good luck because I, I think that's going to be rather, rather hard to prove. I think that Donald Trump, I mean, if you talk to him to this day, he still thinks he won, right? Like, so you're going to have to somehow get inside his head and prove that he knew he hadn't won and yet was doing all this stuff anyway. And they're, they're alleging that there's like one tape recording and stuff and that tape recording is going to do it all. I don't think it's enough only because he could have just been talking, you know, out of one side of his mouth. That said, what you now see is that they are asking for this judge to be taken off and they're citing her bias in the January 6th litigation that happened. And I think it's a fair fair, fair thing to ask for, because really and truly, she did have a bias. It did come out. She said some specific things. And as a result of those things, she reflected that bias, which makes it very hard to be able to trust that she will be a judge that looks at this in fairness and in accuracy. So he's asking for her to be taken off. She's angry that he's even doing that. She's saying, listen, you got to stop it. You can't keep making all these public comments. And, well, um, he's still making them. (laughs) So I'm sure his lawyers are like, ah. ah." Anyway, I'm trying to see if I can find these exact things that she said for you. If not, we'll bring it to you tomorrow because we've actually gone really, really long today. And I I do want to get out to some of your comments, everyone, because you've been patiently waiting. And uh, I thank you for that. Again, reminder, if you have not subscribed to the show, do me that favor. Anyway, uh, I see William Cordes. Welcome back. Good to have you here. Mac, yeah, it, it may have been a really big payday for the big guy. I guess if Joe gets half, then that means maybe he would have gotten $10 million in that particular case. If all of this is in fact true, the $20 million that Comer is alleging the family got. And then the other guy, that would be uh, the little guy, right? Hunter, he just went and spent it all. Leslie, good to see you again. Yeah, you know, we'll see, Leslie. I, I hope, I mean, I just hope that good stuff will happen and that justice prevails. And I, I try to see I try to see the good in people, and in this particular case, we need to hope that people are going to demand the truth. We really need the truth. Michael Donnell, all roads lead to Obama, he says. I think that's a a commentary perhaps on, perhaps that came during when we were talking about the Iran prisoner swap, or maybe that was when we were talking about Michelle Obama. But anyway, uh, it's very interesting to see all of you here and to read all this. Leslie, you're picking up on how... Most people feel like Michelle Obama doesn't like this country. I mean, some of the things that she has said over and over and over again really suggest that she doesn't. And if you don't like it, then you know what? Go somewhere else. But don't run for president, for goodness sakes. We need ultimate patriots to be running for president, real patriots to be running for president. You know, Donald Trump came from a generation that still really valued the presidency, right? Like it's a big, big deal to be the president of the United States. And so I think he had a little bit of that patriotic thing going on, of course. Well, the other thing he he has going on is he's, he's very savvy and he picks up on news cycles, et cetera, and is able to capitalize on them in interesting ways. He did so over the weekend. I want to share with you some video, some video of Donald Trump With all those frat boys that Bud Light doesn't want. It's kind of funny, right? So Bud Light's struggling, as you know, right? Because the brand had just gotten too fratty, as Alyssa Heinerstein was so fond of telling us. Well, those fratty guys, they have feelings too. And guess what? They can vote. Here's Donald Trump over the weekend hanging out with them.
And gosh almighty, they seem to like them, do they not? Again, another picture of this. Going through the crowds, the football stadium. I hear some negative, but for the most part, it sounds very positive. You hear a USA chant. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, he needs to do as much of that as he can. Get out that youth vote. The youth doesn't like Joe Biden. They know these policies have failed. So we shall see. This will uh, continue on. The saga continues, as we like to say. Thank you for being here, and we will talk again tomorrow.